Psalm 23. El Señor es mi pastor. Nada me falta. En verdes pastos me hace descansar. Junto a tranquilas aguas me conduce. Me infunde nuevas fuerzas. Me guía por sendas de justicia. Por amor a su nombre. Aún, si voy por valles tenebrosos, no temo peligro alguno, porque tú estás a mi lado. Tu vara de pastor me reconforta. Dispones ante mí un banquete en presencia de mis enemigos. Has ungido con perfume mi cabeza. Has llenado mi copa a rebosar. La bondad y el amor me seguirán todos los días de mi vida. Y en la casa del Señor habitaré para siempre. Amén. Well, hey, everybody, thank you for joining us today. And let me just tell you how grateful I am for your generosity as a church during this time. It is your generosity that allows us to continue to serve our community in significant ways. Well, before we jump in, I want to let you know about a couple things that are coming up. First is this. Next Monday on August 10th, we're starting our 21 days of prayer. This is something we do every year, but if we've ever needed to come together and pray, it is now. I'm going to be sharing these daily devotionals and some prayer initiatives. It's going to be on all of our social media platforms, and I would love for you to lean into this time with me. The second is this. As we're preparing for our first drive-in gathering called Converge, it's going to happen on Sunday, August 16th. I'm going to be personally be doing baptisms after the service. So if you're ready for that next step in your faith, I would love the opportunity to baptize you. Well, a few weeks ago, I started saving all of the catalogs that came to my house. These are the catalogs that came to my house in just one week. Now, I don't even know how we have any trees left in the world. The problem is, I was pretty content with what I had until these started showing up. Apparently, my clothes are out of date. My house is out of date. My car is out of date. My wife thinks that I am out of date. I don't know what you thought I was going to say right there. I look through these, and I just feel like the biggest loser if I just had a little more pottery in my barn and restoration for my hardware, then I would be happy. I read an article this week that said that the sale of big screen TVs hit record numbers during the spring. Do you want to know when this happened? It was right after the $1,200 stimulus checks hit bank accounts. And it's not just that. People are all upset because Amazon has postponed their annual Prime Day sale that usually happens in July. And they're not even given another date when the sale is going to happen. See, here's what's happening right now. We've been hit with what I'll call the pandemic of discontentment. That we're stuck in our homes and we're constantly reminded of what we do not have that we didn't know that we needed until we saw it. 
It just so happens that every time I get on my computer, someone knows that I might also like, and that what I'm looking for is related to items you viewed. And somehow they know the customers who bought this product also bought, and that what I bought is frequently bought together with something else. And the root of all of this is discontent. Isn't it interesting that we live in a time that has more than any generation in history, though we're more discontent than perhaps any generation in history. Don't you wish there was an app that you could download for contentment? A Netflix series that would make you content with life. I mean, wouldn't you force your husband or wife to watch it? You'd make your kids all sit down and watch every single episode. God actually tells us that there is a way to live where we will not be in want. Today, we're starting a five-week series called Lack Nothing. It's based off one of the most well-known, most quoted, most memorized scriptures in the entire Bible. Psalm 23. You might think of this as just a funeral passage because that's where we most often hear it. You go to a funeral and some pastor reads these words of comfort out of Psalm 23. But this psalm is not meant for the dead, but for the living. It's meant for you and me. Here's what David writes in Psalm 23. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 23 was born out of the life of King David, or maybe the way that I should say it is it was wrung out of the life of David. I think one of the things that we forget is that David experienced some of life's highest highs and some of life's lowest lows. When we read the Bible, sometimes we think, well, well that doesn't really apply to me. It doesn't speak to what I'm going through right now. But think about David's life. His life started off, he, he comes onto the pages of history as he kills Goliath. He becomes famous, he's made king, and he had achieved enormous success. And along with that success came affluence and influence. But he also had some of the greatest heartbreaks. He lost a child after childbirth, and it was because of his own mistakes. He had a son who removed him from the throne and tried to kill him. He had some family dynamics that were beyond a train wreck. And in the midst of these highs and lows, he just says, the Lord is my shepherd. Look at these words. 
the Lord is. Not the Lord was or that he's going to one day be. No, in this moment, the Lord is. And look at this next word. He's my shepherd. See, he's not a shepherd or the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. It is personal. David knows what it means to be a shepherd. He spent years of his life watching sheep. But what's so interesting to me is even though David was a shepherd, he doesn't write this psalm from the vantage point of a shepherd. He writes it from the perspective of the sheep. If the Lord is my shepherd, that means that I am his sheep. It's a way that seems very odd. Because here's the thing about sheep. Sheep, they are dumb, they're directionless, they're defenseless, and they're dirty. How's that for your encouragement today? See, sheep are not very bright. It was a few years ago in eastern Turkey. There was one sheep who went over a 50-foot cliff into a ravine, and another 1,500 sheep followed him. The first 400 of those sheep died And the other 1,100 survived because they landed on a pile of downy, soft sheep that became like pillows. You would think that, that one of them would pause for a minute and say, you know, Eddie went over the cliff and he never came back. Maybe I ought to reflect on that for a moment before I keep walking. But they just kept going thinking it doesn't seem like a bad idea to me. Sheep are dumb but they're also directionless. Sheep are prone to wander. Left on their own, sheep will wander off and follow each other into danger. Even if you put them in the absolutely perfect environment with everything they need, sooner or later, they will just wander off. They're also defenseless. They are not intimidating animals. Think about the sports teams we have. You have the Los Angeles Rams, the Chicago Bulls, the Seattle Seahawks. But we wouldn't want to be called the Las Vegas Lambs or the San Diego Sheep. I don't know how that chant might go. You know, we are the sheep, the mighty, mighty sheep. If you count us, you might fall to sleep. Maybe something like, you know, we're led by little Bo Peep. I don't know how that would go. But when they get scared, what they do is they flock together for protection. This is the only way they have of protecting themselves from their predators. In fact, predators will go after the sheep that's that's out of that little gathering, a flock, that there is safety in numbers. That if you can get to the middle of the pack, you will be safe. They're dumb, they're directionless, they're defenseless, and they're dirty. They can't clean themselves. They're not like your cat or even your dog. They can't wash themselves in the water like a bear. Left to themselves, their wool will keep growing and get dirtier and dirtier. They can't make themselves clean. Only the shepherd can do that. Here's the job of the shepherd. The shepherd provides, protects, and cares for his sheep. It's the shepherd's job to lead the sheep to still waters to drink because rushing waters will cause fear and anxiety in the sheep. 
Sometimes the shepherd needs to lead them into a dark valley, but he protects them. And the shepherd cares for the needs of his sheep. Now you understand, this isn't a psalm about sheep. It's about people. It's about you. Here's what he says. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. I grew up hearing this psalm from the King James Version of the Bible. And the way the King James Version says it, it says, I shall not be in want. See, that sounds great, but truthfully, a lot of us are in want right now, and rightfully so. You've been forced out of work. You have no idea how you're going to pay your bills. You've worked hard your whole life, and it seems like it could all be wiped out in an instant. Maybe you are okay, but you have friends and family that aren't. We have this feeling that life is lacking. And maybe it's an indication that you've let something or someone else be your shepherd. It was a month or so ago that I started getting a message from, from a guy at the church who was upset at something that I had said. But they were the most offensive and disrespectful messages I've ever received. I got the first one and I thought, wow, this guy doesn't know my heart. I think I just need to ignore this. And then I got another one and another one, and they got more and more offensive. Now, people think that because I'm a pastor, it must be so easy for me because I must spend all day long in prayer. But I'm just like you. I can be driving in my car, listening to Christian music, and someone cuts me off. And in an instant, I can go from Jesus loves you to I want to run you off the road. But the reason that I don't honk or yell out my window is because I'm afraid that it's probably somebody who goes to the crossing. It's probably one of you people out there. Well, I finally just blocked this guy. But perhaps if you're unsettled or angry or feel like life is lacking, it might be an indication that you have let something or someone else be your shepherd that you are listening to another voice. Here's the thing. Everyone has a shepherd. Your shepherd is whomever or whatever you are trusting your life to. Your shepherd is whoever or whatever you are counting on to take care of you, to watch out for you, to make your life worthwhile, to guide you. Maybe the voice that you're listening to, the shepherd that you're following, maybe it's just your own inner voice. You're struggling and you can't get out of your head right now. You've been telling yourself, things are never going to get better. I'm never gonna be able to, to recover from this. Or maybe the voice that you're listening to, the shepherd that you are following is the culture that we are in right now. I have never seen so many pressures in our culture at one time. There's so much anger and so much frustration and so much confusion. So the question for you is, is the Lord your shepherd? Because when the Lord is your shepherd, you lack nothing. He provides and he protects and he cares for you. 
It would be several hundred years later after David wrote this psalm that Jesus would show up on the pages of history and he would personify Psalm 23. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. Jesus makes this bold claim. He says, you know that psalm about the Lord being your shepherd? He says, that's me. I'm the good shepherd. It's interesting because in the Old Testament, the prophets called some of their Jewish leaders bad shepherds. They led the people astray. Jesus says, you want to know how you can tell the difference between the good shepherd and all the other shepherds we might be tempted to follow? He said, it's very easy. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Now Jesus is, he's describing two kinds of people who take care of sheep. There are the hired hands. These are like the hourly workers. And then there are the shepherds. And they might look alike. They might dress alike, act alike but you will see a huge difference in them. When a pack of wolves come looking for a lamb chop dinner, hired workers will take off running. They have no motivation to do otherwise. It's just a job to them. All of those other things that we follow, all of those other voices that we listen to will eventually let us down. They will disappoint you. They will betray you. But Jesus, he will say this again. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. And my sheep, they know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And he will tell us again. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I want you to notice what Jesus says here. He doesn't say, I know the flock. No, he says, I know my sheep, it's individual, it's personal. He knows your name. He knows your needs. He knows your insecurities. He knows your struggles. Here's what I want you to hear. It's just this right here. That the good shepherd promises to provide, protect, and care for you. That Jesus promises to provide, protect, and care for you. The question is, do you really believe that? Do you live your life like you believe that? Do you believe that God can provide for your needs right now? Maybe you have a lot of fear about the next few weeks and months. Do you believe that he can protect you from all of the things that you're dealing with? That he cares for you. Because when you truly believe that, you will find contentment in any and every situation. You will lack nothing. The Lord is my shepherd means I am under the care of someone else. I'm no longer in charge. 
until you come to this realization, you will run after whatever or whomever you think will satisfy you and your needs. I am under the care of someone else. If you are a follower of Jesus, you are no longer in charge. You have laid down your life. You've laid down your rights. You've laid down your right to be right. Most of us live our life like we're on our own. The alternative is this. It is to ask the Lord to be your shepherd. And I wanna help you do that right now. Some of you have never surrendered your life to Jesus. For others of you, you have been a follower of Jesus for a long time, but what best describes you is you have wandered and gone your own way. But here's what you need to know. You are never too far away to come back. So I wanna pray with you right now. I just wanna pray because I know that for some of you, you're at a place where you're ready to let the Lord be your shepherd. You're ready for Jesus, the good shepherd, to be your shepherd. And so I just want to lead us in prayer. And if you're comfortable with it, wherever you are right now, would you just close your eyes? And would you just bow with me? And, and maybe for you, maybe you're a follower of Jesus, but you've wandered away. Right now, would you just make a commitment to say, Jesus, I'm coming back. Jesus talks about the shepherd. He's the shepherd who leaves the 99 going after the one. And he'll come after you. But I also want to talk to those of you who have maybe never surrendered your life to Jesus. That Jesus came to lay down his life for you. That is how much you are loved. That is how much you are valued. That is how much Jesus wants a relationship with you. And here's how you can start a relationship. It is just surrendering your life to Jesus right now. It's just saying, Jesus, I'm surrendering to you. I'm making you my Lord and my Savior. I'm asking, God, that you would forgive my sins and give me a brand new start. God, we know that there are our prayers being prayed right now of people who are surrendering their life to Jesus for the first time. God, would you meet them right where they are? God, would you show that you are the shepherd that takes them to the pasture that will care for them? God, for others maybe who have just wandered away, maybe they've had a season over these last few months that have been so hard that they have just wandered away from you the hope is, God, and the promise that you give us is that we are never too far away to come back to you. So God, for all of those maybe who are taking steps back to you, would you lead us? Would you come alongside us during this time? And we pray this in the powerful name of the good shepherd, the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.